Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim, and we talk about horror movies here. I'm adjusting my, my uh, pop shelves here as I talk, because I forgot to do it first. Um, but yeah, we talk about horror movies, and on this episode, we are going to talk about From a House on Willow Street, which is a new film. Uh, it is about a, a team of thieves who kidnap this girl from a rich family with the intention of blackmailing her parents and to handing over some diamonds that they know they have. Uh, the father specifically has line of work, leads to all that kind of thing. Uh, but they get more than they bargained for and the girl turns out to be possessed slash evil slash something's going on. But, the, you know, the, the the thieves, the kidnappers are now going to be the victims. It's kind of your typical setup, And, yeah, we're going to get into it. So, uh, first things first, I guess. Time. Obviously, we'll start spoiler-free. Uh, I didn't give that, that preface. Spoiler-free first. We'll warn you before we go into spoilers. Uh, but there we go. So, Tim... I already know the answer to this because you, you, <laughs> you could not wait to let me know how you felt uh, yesterday. So I, but I'm going to ask you for the sake of the audience right. who need to get mm-hmm. your your initial thoughts and feelings out in the open. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy from a house on Mellow Street? Ooh, uh, heavens no! I <laughs> heavens. I... No, I got fancy for a second. No, I, I really did not enjoy this. Um, it's it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Uh, we've watched worse movies this year, even, but there really was not a lot that, that I liked in this. I fair, fair. There's just a couple <laughs> of movies we watched this year that I you could probably put in the running for the worst of all time. Yeah, that's there's some there like just till the end of this podcast or however many episodes we do that it'll be hard to beat but yeah uh, although i'm sure the movie industry is going to give it a jolly good try oh yeah <laughs> they're, they're going to try the damnedest uh tim on the other hand does not know how i feel about this film i have kept my cards close to my chest i like i like to not let tim know how i feel mm-hmm. until we're on air as it yeah, were some- sometimes um yeah usually we, we don't talk about it too much beforehand but sometimes i'll see you tweet about it or you might post uh something so i get a little bit of an inkling but this i'm really not sure because yeah i, I haven't seen you see any, say anything and also kind of remind me of another movie that we disagreed uh upon so i kind of i'm really not sure where you're gonna land on this I'm curious to hear what that movie that you think this compares to is, because uh, I'm not okay. really sure what it is. Okay. But I'll, I'll find out in a minute. Yeah. Uh, you are absolutely insane, Tim. <laughs> You're insane to think that I might like this. Okay. Because, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was shit. What are you on? Oh, for, for a second there, I thought you were going to say, like, I'm insane because you loved it. I was like, I, oh, God. I know. I did that intentionally, Tim. That, that was, I, I was building a bit of suspense for you. I was pulling the rug out from okay. under you. Uh, but no, no, this wasn't very good. It, like you said, it's not the worst thing ever. We definitely yeah. have watched worse things this year. Probably a good half dozen things that were worse, yeah. honestly, uh, which lets you know how her year's been. Uh, uh, I think the worst thing about this movie, though, is the fact that I can see the good movie in there. I can see some good ideas. Yeah, yeah certainly. It's just the execution is very lacking. Some of the acting is particularly bad. Uh, the, the main girl, actually, uh, Sharni Vinson, who plays Hazel, she's like the head kidnapper. She was the main girl in You're Next, and she was good in that. So I know she's not necessarily yeah. a bad actress. 
Mm-hmm. And she's not the worst in this either, by any means. The uh, there's a guy. His name's uh, Mark. He's like the. He, he, they all have like things from the past. He's got like a daughter that he's he's got his dark past about, and he's like their sort of like he's always on the computer monitors. He's always watching the security cameras. So I think he's like the techie guy. Although we don't get a whole lot of information to really support that beyond him just looking at the monitors a lot. But he he is especially bad. <laughs> like every line that came out of his mouth sounded like someone who had never acted before trying to be an actor. It was kind of terrible uh, and it really took me out of every t- single time he spoke every, every scene he was in every time he spoke it was like alright okay the yeah. illusion the illusion of this being a reality shattered <laughs> I, I wonder if that's a little bit of a disconnect because you said this was a we're talking about a little bit before we started recording but you said this is from the Netherlands right the Netherlands is listed as its original country so it very could, well could be that some of the actors English isn't their first language so that, that very well could be the reason for it sounding so off but uh, the end result though is that it, it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> off-putting it, just, it doesn't feel right it feels unnatural uh, now I'm not sure if you're going to agree with um one of my big points here and and maybe it's just a a weird thing i had but i feel like this movie was just like trying really hard to be cool uh, if that makes Mm. any sense like i don't know i feel like there are so many scenes that just felt like you know you could almost see the director being like oh it's gonna be really cool like (laughs) oh man yeah now we're gonna do this oh man it's gonna be oh it's gonna be like so like metal and dark and twisted and you know what i mean i don't know it's one thing that I couldn't like help thinking of throughout the whole movie, <laughs> I, I that thought never had occurred to me, uh, especially. But I don't necessarily disagree with it. Yeah. It's 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 kind of because I feel like the director was really trying, which is kind of the, the sad part here. Is that I don't necessarily look at this and go, "Oh, this is some like work for hire who's come in t- who's been hired to make this movie." I feel like there was yeah. someone here who really actually wanted to make a good movie, and almost. Sure. For a couple of scenes, kind of, like, you can see what, what what he was trying to do and you, you get what he was going for. Uh, but there's just some fundamental things that aren't working. Uh, the, the big one for me, the first big thing is the pacing is all over the place. It The, the start of the movie rushes past all of the setup and we're already <laughs> into the main plot. And it's like, why do I care about any of these characters? You've not given me any reasons. Uh, yeah. And it, just, like... it rushes through it. it I, I couldn't believe how quickly it was moving at the start. Yeah. I, it feels so much longer than it really is because it's only like 90-ish minutes or so. But, but halfway through the movie, I thought like, oh, well, we're, we're ramping up towards the end. Like this has to be it, right? And then I looked and I was only halfway through. I was like, are you kidding me? Like it's <laughs> really been going by just like that? All right. Because yeah. uh, I think the other problem with that is though is that once the movie does actually get going, it, it kind of it, it kind of just like, turns into a series of very repetitious scenes of characters wandering around in the dark with their with their flashlights and a scare will happen a, yeah. a, a not ghosts but like a, basically the possession makes them see things so there'll be like a scare of something from their past or something personal to them and there'll be a jump scare and I knew the movie was in a I was going to have a rough time with this movie because I actually I didn't mind the opening as much as I thought it was moving a bit too fast like oh no, I like this setup it's kind of a little bit of Don't Breathe, a little bit of The Collector kind of thing, if you're into those type of plots where you've got these criminals doing something and they're not necessarily evil people but they're going to be in this position where you know, it, it flips it around on them. That, that's kind yeah. of the whole idea of the movie. But 
And I was fine with it at the start. I couldn't believe how quickly they got the girl, though, and how quickly they, they had her back <laughs> in their base. Yeah. But then once after after we get to that point, the first time where I was like, oh god, this this might be bad. We, we followed one of the male characters uh, as he was away to check something, and we have this little scene where he's like wandering around in the dark, and it's kind of creepy. Whatever, you know, there's some steam and stuff. They're in like an old factory, and there's like smoke and stuff coming from the pipes and whatever. And oh, I, I know exactly. What we have this after. really <laughs> this really badly timed jump scare where this like ghostly presence appears right behind him. And it's right at the end of the scene. And the worst part about it is that the scene cuts away super quick. Mm. You have barely time to process that anything just happened. And it just feels poorly paced. It feels like the editor and the director didn't know how long to let this this sit. And it was weird. It was like the timing was off. And that was when I got really worried. Because I was like, if you can't time the scare properly, if there's no sense of timing, then a lot of this movie is going to be really rough to get through. And it was. Uh, and the worst part about it, I think, is that it just became really boring because it just felt... I felt like half the movie, the middle chunk especially, was people wandering... They kept getting split up and they kept wandering around in the dark in the same building or outside yeah. in the woods near the building and it was just wandering around until jump scare happens and that was that on repeat. It just kept doing that over and over again. Yeah. And I felt like it wasn't doing anything. Yeah, and then that scene in particular... Um kind of brings me to another big complaint i had which funny enough um it kind of reminded me of like the opposite of what we're saying about the movie we did last week the void Mm. whereas uh the void we felt like we could see a lot of the like uh homages or like inspirations and stuff from it um whereas this movie i feel like there's some stuff that seemed like blatant ripoffs to me like uh that scene that you were just mentioning at the start of it it felt super uh like a ripoff of uh lights out like it you okay, know it starts yeah. with him turning the lights off and then he sees like a dark figure there and then he turns it on again real quick and it's gone yeah and yeah i see what you mean even like and you, you mentioned it earlier like it's not like you can never I mean, not to, to to the movie's credit at least in that scenario i don't th- i think lights out was too recent for it to be actually ripping that one off like i think well, this movie mm-hmm. went to festivals like months ago. Lights Out came out last summer. Like it's just they couldn't have made it in that time. So I just want to just in case anyone brings you up on that point. Like I don't think it's physically possible that they were ripping off that specific one. Uh, I don't know. I'll I'll believe it, and when I get uh, some production notes to show exactly when they started. <laughs> uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> T- Tim thinks that the filmmakers were time traveling to to steal well, things from other films, <laughs> but they never actually beat the. Fi- if you were going to steal from a movie, you might as well steal from one that wasn't going to be out by the time yours mm-hmm. came out. Surely, true. This is a weird tangent to go on, but you, you you would steal from something that wasn't even going to be known about when you came out, and that way you're ahead of the curve. Yeah, I mean, uh, regardless, then let's say they didn't actively you know or intentionally rip stuff off and then it's still pretty unfortunate that there was a lot of stuff that i could see like oh well you know this movie did that better or honestly tim i I think what you just described though was just such a generic scare that you're you're Mm -hmm. thinking of lights out because that was the thing that did it probably like the most well recently the most Mm -hmm. effectively but it's not like a like the the, the, i think the point is is that this movie is very derivative of, of like traditional scares but without mm-hmm. doing it at the right timing and that's why i think it doesn't work most of the time is that the timing mm-hmm. on all these all this stuff it just isn't there 
Yeah, like nothing about it really stood out as original or unique. Which, or... But even that would be fine, though. Like it can be unoriginal and ununique as long as it's entertaining or suspenseful, and it wasn't. Right. It, it just kind of, like I say, I was bored throughout <laughs> most of it. I was waiting for yeah. it to end after the first twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, as, soon, as soon as I see what the quality of the scares was going to be like, I immediately kind of lost interest, and the movie never recovered for me from there. And then another big problem with the movie is that. So the movie's about them having this possessed girl, but I feel like they forget there's a possessed girl in the movie <laughs> for, like, large chunks of time. Like, it's really just about them, like, being scared in the dark for yeah. large portions of the movie. And the one time it does start to do something interesting, I was like, okay, this is a cool idea. But the movie's already flubbed the execution of it, so I'm kind of... I'm not with you at this point. Uh, yeah. It's a shame. It's a real shame. Because I, 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 I can't really tell about what I like about it until the spoilers, or at least because it is all kind of, like, heavy plot stuff but yeah i will say this i thought it was really weird that they don't mention this is like a small thing but it's really weird to me given that the the name of the movie is based about the street right where the house is i thought it was i thought it was really weird at the start of the movie at no point when they're because it opens with a scene of them setting up the plan like they're all the the thieves or the kidnappers are in their their hideout and they're they're setting up the plan and talking about what they need to do when they need to do it by at no point did anyone say the address of where they were going. And I thought that was really strange. I feel like if you're naming your movie after the location of where this is happening, it seems really strange to me that you do not set that up at the start of the movie by pointing out specifically where you're going. Yeah. It didn't matter at the start of the movie. It it wasn't brought up. It was weird. Yeah, that that is odd. Or like, I don't know, like at least at some point if you had, you know, something where like a character starts telling a story and then... You know, they're like, and that happened on the house at Willow Street, or even like, you know, something stupid like that to give kind of well, like, well, okay. That's the thing, though, it does. It does that later on, but it does it after it tries to, like, make it important. It's weird. Like, yeah. you, I don't the, even really recall. <laughs> I, again, not to- talking about them not building up suspense, like, you, you would do that. It's like, because as an audience, let's say you hadn't even seen a trailer, all you've seen is the title of the movie, right? Yeah, you go into the movie, you sit down, and the th- the kidnappers. Are, I, keep, I keep telling them, calling them thieves. I mean, they're trying to steal something, I guess, but they're kidnappers. <laughs> they're trying to kidnap the girl, right? And they're setting all this stuff up. The one thing that would make you go, "Oh, right, things are getting going," is when they say, "Where are we going again?" And go, "Oh, seventy-five uh, F Willow Street," and they go, "Oh, that, that's the name of the movie." Like you know, it's going down there. Like that, that could be a way. To, bring the audience into the movie and it it's just weird that they don't mention it it's such a strange choice and it almost yeah. made me think that they didn't name that like the title was different when they were shooting it like they, they decided the title after they shot it I, I forget do you even see the title at the beginning because i no, or was it one of the ones at the end it was it's at the end okay, it yeah. ends in the title screen uh, i do specifically remember the logo in the beginning because that <laughs> put me off kind of right away <laughs> I did not remember the logo in the beginning. It, I I just thought it was so stupid. It's called Fat Cigar, and it was like a like like a gold skeleton. Okay. Something. <laughs> and I and I, I think maybe that was the, at the first point where I was like, is, is that, they seem like they're trying kind of hard. Is that better or worse than there's a Korean? I think it's Korean anyway because I, I I at least seen it on a, a few Korean movies. There's a Korean production company called Toilet Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> is that better or worse than toilet pictures uh i think I'd, I'd, I'd like toilet pictures better at least that sounds like they have a little bit of humility a little bit of sense of humor 
and they're not trying to be cool. So, like, what is the most yeah. uncool thing we can call our company? <laughs> Toilet pictures. <laughs> Uh, of course that appeals to you of course that appeals to you uh, and make it sound like I have a toilet fetish <laughs> but yeah so the, the characters are ca- kind of nothing we, we like, like I say it rushes through the opening so much is that we never get a time to really learn who the characters are beyond they're criminals and like one of them has to be in court by a certain day which is why they have to pull off this job by a certain day yeah. and that's literally all we get uh, we get no sense of who they are to the point mm-hmm. where like, they start bringing in elements of their past, like, haunting them, as it were. Like, they have to introduce those elements right before it starts to happen. We find out that Mark's got a daughter because he puts a little picture of his daughter up, right, like, a scene before he starts, like, hearing the voice of his daughter. We start, like, uh, we don't even know about the other guy's mother being, like, a cow until after he's already heard, of, like, the ghost of his mother talking to him. Or it's not really the ghost, it's a hallucination caused by the demon or whatever, yeah. but... It's just ah, oh, it's just it keeps just shoehorning in stuff like really quickly without properly seeing it. It's really really bad. Uh, same with the overall mythology of the possession, which we'll get to in spoilers. But it just ugh. Um. So yeah, I didn't like it. it, it <laughs> I didn't like it. it like I, I thought this plot had some potential, but it executed. It, it chose to focus on all the wrong things. The pacing wasn't there. Some of the acting was a terrible, and. It, it ended on such a just a, a down whimper of an ending that it just fine I guess this is what, what we were going with this like instead of doing something interesting with the ending it went for this more over the top thing that involves CG which we'll talk about in spoilers the C- yeah this uh, that's something I was going to bring up too the CG was pretty bad <laughs> I don't even care if it was good or bad I, I just care that it was out of play like in this type of plot, I think what makes this type of plot interesting is the psychology of it. Mm. You know, embrace your low budget. Like, do it all so that it's what you're not seeing. Like, ha- have you question if things are actually happening? But it plays it so straight to the point when those CG things coming out of people's mouths. It's just like, eh, <laughs> this is goofy yeah. and shit. Yeah, there, there's probably a much better, like, subtler way to do this movie where, yeah, you, Subtlety, you don't have yeah. as many... Um, you know, jump scares and CGI crap going do, on. Do you know like, what? I'll take a jump scare. I'll take a good jump scare if you time it right. I can. Sure. I can almost. I can take a jump scare. It's fine, but yeah. uh, none of them work. None of them work in this. So no. Uh, and I will say, going back again to not giving a shit about any of the characters because we don't get enough of any of them to actually give a shit. Uh, yeah. You know, at, at some points, like we're supposed to care when something happens to one of them. Or when one of them makes a choice or something like that towards the end, it's just kind of like, I don't care. This moment <laughs> means nothing to me. So it's it's a real shame. All right, let's get into some spoilers then because uh, there's a few key points I want to talk about. I, all right, so full spoilers then from this point on for uh, from a house on Willow Street. So I just, just to piggyback on that last comment I made, so the, the boyfriend character, the blondie, uh, Aid, he he sacrifices himself to let uh, Hazel, who's the main female kidnapper, go. He's like, oh, now you go. He, you know, at this point, she's all, the demon's already possessed the other two guys, and the, the girl herself, Catherine's coming at her. Uh, Tim, stop playing with your cat. It's super distracting. It's super distracting. <laughs> I'll try to give you a serious, like, <laughs> cutting criticism here, and you're playing with your pussy. 
<laughs> I'm not playing. I'm just trying to make sure it doesn't die when it <laughs> chews on the computer cord. You can tell Tim loves his cats. It. I'm trying to make sure it doesn't die. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so the the boyfriend sacrifices himself, and he like he tries to stand off, and like again, we get this over the top scene where the demon like stops the bullets in midair and spins them around like Magneto. <laughs> And shoots the guy back. <laughs> and then the guy, before they can possess him, shoots himself in the head. And I'm like, am I supposed to care? Like, the girlfriend's in this like vent, like screaming, like, no, hey, I love you, no. I'm like, I don't care. This, it doesn't help that this guy looked like a douchebag the entire movie with this ridiculously dyed blonde hair that looked out of place. Oh. Uh, thoughts? It's, <laughs> no, yeah, it was awful. Uh yeah, I there was never like any point I really felt anything about any of these characters or cared what happened to them. I think um, I think they wanted us to try. Like I think uh, early on when they've got the girl and they try to make the kidnap video to like send to their parents. Like uh, Hazel looks that's like <laughs> hi cat. Uh, Hazel <laughs> crouches down next to Catherine and says, "Look, there's no bullets in this gun. This is all for show. We just want to like, get money from your dad." Um, we don't have to hurt you, we don't want to hurt you. I think that's supposed to make us sympathise with her, because she's not that bad a person. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't really work, because... I don't know, we, again, we're never given a reason to see why, why are they in this position where they need to do this. And it's like, okay, the boyfriend has a court date, but he's got a court date because he's already been a <laughs> asshole. He's already done something wrong. <laughs> like, you know, when you yeah. watch Don't Breathe, and you're like, you're rooting for the main character because her little sister... Like, she's got an abusive set of parents who, like, abuse her little sister. She wants to take her little sister away. So even though she's doing something wrong, you root for the character. She has a fairly noble reason for doing what she's doing. Uh, you watch The Collector. He's a, he's a criminal trying to break into the house to steal stuff. But he's doing it because he knows he's, he's he owes money for his daughter and he's trying to stick with his daughter. So even though he's got himself in that position, you at least get the the humanity behind the choice. Yeah. You don't get any no, like, yeah, with those other movies, um, like, the Don't Breathe, I, I think, was the biggest one that, like, you know, stood out to me in my mind. Um, but it, it's just crazy how much better they are with, like, making you feel for the characters. And just these, like, really quick little scenes, like, you know, in the beginning, you know, the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of that movie, you get to know, like, so much about them. But- whereas this... That's kind of the point, though. It takes like fifteen minutes before we get to the house and don't breathe. Whereas here, yeah. we're at the house within three minutes, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Like, imagine if it's don't breathe started with them getting into the house. If that was the first scene, mm-hmm. you know, sure, some of it would still be effective because it's well shot and whatever. But it, you would lose a mm-hmm. lot of the character stuff. Yeah, you really, really would. So, uh, hey. Uh, so I want to talk about the the main plot. So they, they basically, when they go back to the house and they find out the parents are already dead and there's other dead bodies in the in the house, uh, they bring back this little video camera tape uh, and they watch it. And the girl's made this diary because she's like basically been recording that she's something creepy's went on and she's documenting mm-hmm. what's happening. Uh, and it's like the start of the possession. And then I guess the parents filmed when like, the exorcist came over <laughs> to try and like fix her. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the Exorcist, Exorcist was a pretty bad actor, actually, as well, now that I'm talking about him. <laughs> but I actually like the ideas behind this stuff. I kind of like the idea that they find these tapes. It, it kind of reminded me of like a survival horror video game where you find like, the notes and stuff explaining what the backstory mm. is. 
I kind of like that. What I didn't like is A, that the accident it was quite bad, B, that it was over the top with all the floating knives and stuff. And yeah. I also didn't like that it was all in one big clump in the middle. It was this giant exposition dump that explained the entire plot. And it was only in this chunk where they tried to explain as well, oh yeah, the house is important. Look, it's, it's anyone who's into that house and they've got baggage, this happens to them. They're at risk of being possessed. Yeah, see, uh, this I mean, this is probably my favourite part of the movie, which, I mean, makes it sound weird, like, because it's not like I super enjoyed it, but um, at least when I was watching this, I thought, like, oh, here's some interesting stuff, but it, it feels so out of place. Like, why is this just all of a sudden in the middle of the movie that feels like important establishing it, information? Well, I don't, I don't think it should all be at the start, either. I, I think... I think what would make this more interesting is if it was split up throughout the movie. Like, have them have the characters watch it in the middle of their story, sure, or towards the end of their story. But we see it as the audience, like, we'll see a bit of it at the start. Like, intercut it throughout or something like that to, like, spread it out and make it interesting yeah, so that each time we learn a little bit more and we're piecing it together as the, like, the main, like, timeline of the movie is unfolding like, yeah. that would be a, a way of doing it, and that, that could have made it more interesting, because as it is in this movie, it's all this big dump in one go. Like, the characters sit down for, like, 15 minutes and watch all these tapes. Yeah, it almost feels like, uh, like oh, yeah, we're in, like, a different movie for a second. And, <laughs> and, and, and I, I get that um, I complained that the rest of the movie's boring as shit, but it does, yeah. assuming that wasn't, assuming the rest of the movie was good, this would bring the entire movie to a grinding halt, because everything stops yeah. while they watch these tapes. And it's just this real structural thing, even though, in a weird way, because the rest of the movie's so shit, and at least this part had some good ideas, I like this bit more. So I was kind of wanting it to never end, and then unfortunately it did end, and then we went back to the same shite as before, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Uh, but that that, that was kind of the, the main thing, because they set up these ideas, and uh, and this is where I thought it got too explainy as well, a little bit. The, the priest, the exorcist in the videos, he seemed to know far too much about this demon and what the rules were. Oh, it needs four people, and then it can break out of hell and walk the air. He's like ultra specific. Here's exactly what's happening. And I know I always talk about supernatural movies. Uh, I like them to have rules, and I do like them to have rules. But he, this this was just way too easy. This guy just happened to know all this. It felt like it was information that was too easy to have because yeah. he just happens to know it all. And it was just it felt it it just it made it feel less intimidating because it was so strictly this. There was no, like, hints. Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm saying this movie should have been more psychological, because I feel like if you play with the idea that there's something maybe going on, as opposed to having these shitty jump scares of, like, ghosts jumping at them, like, if you play with the idea that she's messing with her minds and we're not really sure, like, that could Mm -hmm. be really interesting. And then you intersplice it with these, like, videotapes of, like, what happened to the girl, like, building up to it. Like, you could have some interesting stuff going on there. I, I feel like you could make a good movie out of the core ideas of this. Um, yeah like i mean what you're describing definitely sounds and, and it's funny because you know you, you just watched this a little bit ago I, I watched it last night but you know so it's not like we've had a ton of time to think about it but already what you're describing sounds like you know that <laughs> could have like vastly improved the movie and then you know and yeah. that's just like after you know a couple of minutes an hour or whatever of thinking about it well, I watched another movie after this, which I like much more. Uh, I watched Coherence, which is a really inventive little low-budget movie, which is purely psychological, actually, that I'm, that I'm talking about it. Uh, it's about alternate timelines and realities, and uh, it's a really fun movie. It's all set in one house. Uh, Nicholas Brendan's in it from Buffy, if you know him. 
and they like as a comet's passing by over the house mm-hmm. basically they get in this sort of weird thing where like reality's kind of acting funny and mm-hmm. like it's just it's really inventive it's kind of like uh like it would go great as a double feature with something like primer or even mm-hmm. time crimes like it would go well with those <sighs> Love time crimes. Uh, um, in that case, that I sounds good. I have to. Yeah, I, I have to it. check that out. I recommend it. Uh, clearly, I want to talk about that much more than I do this. <laughs> that was a much better movie, which gave me a lot more to chew on. It was really inventive, which is what I really appreciate. Uh, it's not as dry as Primer, though, because Primer's a really like some people describe that as a textbook. Like it's so dry. Like it's really it's really smart, but it's really like dry to watch. Whereas I would say Coherence was a lot more entertaining and easier to watch whilst also having the fun playing around with stuff kind of element to it. Uh, cool. But I do recommend it. But back to uh, From House in Miller Street, unfortunately. Um, I... Yeah. And, um, and, I mean, I don't know if, if you're going to bring this up, but um, I really didn't like the setting for most of the movie. Like this dank, gross kind of warehouse just seemed very bland. Nothing was like that interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, as opposed to like, you know, again, maybe I'm still thinking uh, a bit too much about, you know, the void that we watched last week, but just, I don't know, everything I liked about that, like uh, I liked the setting and then how it kind of like, you know, had these otherworldly kind of aspects to it. Whereas this just felt like, yeah, well, this is just a crappy <laughs> warehouse. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can't really fault it for not having no other world elements because that's maybe just not a part of the. Because that was part of the plot in the void. We can't really yeah. compare that to this. I well, I have no. I can. <laughs> well, no, you, you you can't really though. Well, I can. I just did. <laughs> but you didn't. It doesn't work. <laughs> well, I can still do it if it even if it doesn't work. Doesn't work. <laughs> you can't just say oh that that's this private that's this location would be much more interesting if like they had like a demon version of it in the second half like sounds, <laughs> sounds good to me <laughs> no because i i actually think the problem a big part of the problem with this movie though is as i mentioned you know the cg stuff because that this like cg snake that came out of her mouth like in the second half and then the other people get possessed all have these cg snakes coming out of their mouth and I actually thought it went too far. I, th- I thought The Void was a movie that went into like these like wacky ideas and like these big, super like big cosmic ideas, right? This mm-hmm. movie, it felt like it was going too far with these CG snakes, and it was it was setting things too straight. It was saying, "No, this is definitely what's happening. This is definitely what's <laughs> going on, and this is definitely how you defeat it." And there was no there was no ambiguity. There was no creepiness to it because. And that's why I'm saying if it was more psychological and we weren't sure if the girl was causing this. Maybe if we weren't sure that this was going on. But mm. instead of doing something that was like a build of tension and paranoia, at the end of the movie, it is literally her and the two other possessed guys with CG snakes coming out of their mouths, chasing them, and then stopping bullets in midair and flipping them around. Mm. Like, it, it goes full-on, like, uber-schlock. And I don't I'm think tra- this movie benefits, or this story benefits from going uber-schlock. Yeah. I'm trying to think of where those like snakes or tentacles or whatever that were coming out of their mouths it remind me of like a a game i was trying to think of what it was uh i don't know maybe resident evil 5 that's i was thinking one of the resident evils because it's been a long time since i've played like four or five and I, i forget in four was there some weird thing where like 
sometimes um like if when you shoot their heads at something yeah, would come out or yeah, there was like a it wasn't quite a snake though it was more of a it was more of like a, a large arm with a claw at the end kind of thing oh right yeah I don't know, maybe i was thinking something like that I don't know, a lot of it kind of seemed very video gamey to me. Uh, there's that one point where, like, um, the possessed girl, you know, she's holding up, um, you know, two of those people, like, just, like, in the air. Yeah, with uh, telekinesis again, yes. Yeah, and I don't know, for some reason, it just reminded me of, like, I don't know, I feel like this is, like, I'm watching a Mortal Kombat fatality from, like, PS3 or something. Yeah, it... I don't know. It just it had no subtlety. It had no. There was no. There was no real atmosphere. It was like yeah, it was dark and it was moody. At least you know, in in the sense that they had like these moody locations and like they they lit it sort of moody, but it you never really felt it because you never really felt it was going on. And like I say, it kind of ignores the girl after like a couple of scenes with her at the start. You forget she's there because they're just creeping around and weird stuffs popping up at them. And then, sure, at the end, she comes back into it with her superpowers and she's, like, chasing them down, but that's basically all that amounts to. And now, did I miss something? Probably. (laughs) And I, I mean, I'll totally cop to it because I, there were times when my mind would wander during this movie, but was there a reason why, like, when she has that, like, collar, you know, that they strap on her, does that, like, negate her powers? Or something. What you mean? The collar just happened to put on her to lock her up. Yeah. No. I... Yeah, because it, it seemed like she like once like the, she got the collar off. It seemed like you know she was like, oh, now I'm in like nah, you know, it was... really gonna mess nah, you nah. up. And then they tried to put it back on her like that was gonna help. Nah, her. see, they, they explain why she's getting more powerful. She's getting more the, the more people she possesses, the demon possesses, the more powerful it gets. Oh, okay. So it was like once that once it possessed the other two, it became that's why it became so super like bullet time stoppy like superpowers <laughs> that, that's why it became like that uh, I don't think the collar actually I think the, them putting the collar back on was just them trying to recontain her without understanding okay. that she was now like super human alright I, th- I think it was that simple I'd, uh, I can you know the, 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 I mean Hazel wins at the end by burning her and burning the others uh, and also her like burned mother who died in a fire like her ghost comes and helps and like burns the others which came out of nowhere as well, uh, yeah. for reasons I can't begin to. Why, like, why trade. was her ghost so much more helpful than? Because, well, I, I guess it was actually the ghost, whereas the other ones it oh. was projections of like the other stuff. I don't know, uh, but I think because their mother died in that that house, because this is the weird thing. Like halfway through the movie, just on the tape, the girl says, "Oh, it's this house. Whoever moves out of this house, like this thing connects to." And it's like, all right, so now you're making the house important, but it feels. It's, it feels like the first half of the movie doesn't build to that at all. It's really weird. Even though, even almost... though we know it will, because the, the the titles, you know, from a house in Willow Street. But yeah. and why, why is it connected to the house? It doesn't seem like the house is that important now that it's out. Like now it's with her outside the house. It just seems to be with the girl now. No idea. <laughs> it's, just, it's just I don't know. It feels so. It it feels like a movie that is poorly thought out, but for some reason they decided to like specifically give you all the exposition and explain everything. And as a result, it just feels like there's no mystery to it. Yeah, there's a balance. There's a there's a very fine line of balance 
where I like rules and supernatural stuff because I don't like them to feel like they can just do anything. Which, by the way, she did feel like she could do just anything pretty much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, with the exception of the fact that if you start killing the people she's in, it'll reduce her power. Like, because they can mm-hmm. die. Uh, mm-hmm. And she gets burned at the end and, yeah, good girl wins, I guess. Well, kind of good girl. Everyone else is dead, but who gives a shit? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I found it very hard to care. The scares weren't, weren't very... No, it wasn't even that they weren't very good they were just shit they were full out shit there was no pacing the exposition mm. dump was weird even though there was good ideas behind the exposition it was poorly executed I uh, I did not pee my pants once <laughs> during this movie so you know that it wasn't very good that's the ratings Tim uh, <laughs> what, what would you give this out of uh, uh, out of ten, I you know I, I'm not even gonna really say that I was like back and forth with this one. I think I I, I know what I'm gonna give in. That's gonna be a three point five. Okay, <laughs> so much build. I'm not gonna say this. I know what I'm gonna give it. I'm like, well, good. <laughs> Let's get to it. All right, three point five. Uh, I'm going three. Mm. It's not. As, I mean, it's not as bad as the Bye Bye Man or as that watches. It's not as bad as those. Uh, but they would probably like all hang out at the same party. Possibly, but I, I think the point is though is that at least there's some good ideas in there that I can see, like what could have been like from there. I can see the the the, the conception of a good idea. It's just I don't think the director, or the writer. Uh, whoever like knew what to do with it, I, th- I think both the script and the direction is quite bad, uh, and some of the acting is really bad. Yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, it is a bit of a damp script of a movie. Uh, I cannot recommend from a house on Willow Street. So, mm. it should have stayed on Willow Street. That's what I say. Uh, but watch Coherence. Uh, it's not a horror movie, of course, but I highly recommend a nice low budget kind of lo-fi sci-fi movie called Coherence. I recommend that one, though. Uh, but there you go. That's that's uh, from a house in Miller Street. Let us know what you thought of it, if you've seen it, in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. Helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mild underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, individual Twitters, I'm at Wibble89. Tim's at Tim Vergulis. You can get us on there if you want to ask us questions or just hear us ramble about various things. Uh, but that's us, guys. So thank you very much for watching. Keep watching scary movies. And we'll see you next time.